Welcome into Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico Field. Insurance can be hard. Mm. That's why Geico makes it easy with the 24-7 claim service. And on-the-go policy info in the app, it is easy to Geico. Question. Go ahead. Does Geico have fantasy football support as well? Because fantasy football can be hard. And there are times where I need a round-the-clock service. I'm pretty sure that we are Geico's fantasy football support field. Oh, okay. It it is you and I. We are on the clock right now for what it's worth. Don't try me. Well, I got uh, two kids now, so you can try me at any hour. There's a pretty decent chance that I'll be awake, or at least... Awake enough awake to hear enough. you, and after I finish feeding my infant daughter a bottle, I'll come over and help you out with your trade advice oh, or your lineup so questions. Uh, but yeah, Geico, the best. Thanks for supporting us all these years, Geico. Yeah, heck yeah. All right, we got a big show today, yeah, Field Jades. Mm-hmm. You and I talking Thursday night football. Yeah. We also have part one of our week seven preview, like we always do on a Thursday. Yep. So I'm excited about this one. A bunch of news. Let's just dive into it. Yeah, well, we we do have some news. I think, are we going to do that after the game preview or before the game preview? Are you talking about me have, letting my hair down? Well, that is part of it as well. Yes, Daniel literally finally did it. You said it yesterday. Yeah. You were like, I want to let my hair down for the podcast. So when I went into I think makeup. everybody needs to go look at this majestic man who is Daniel Dopp. I don't know if people love or hate. I'll tell you what. Mama Dopp loves the long hair when it's down. Okay, yep. But our buddy Kurt in our Michigan men group, yeah. his daughter Izzy, who I love, yeah. she absolutely hates it. Really? She has Kurt text me to be like, I like your hair up more. Wow. So I've got these two wonderful women in my life. And Izzy Kurt's has daughter, strong opinions. Very strong opinions. And my mom, and it's like, I don't know who to choose. I yeah. feel like no matter which way I go, though, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sort of set up for failure. I feel like if you told me that next summer, next off season, you told me you were going to go tour with Pearl Jam, <laughs> I'd believe you. Yeah. I'm a backup basis for Pearl Jam. I would buy that. I would buy that and too. And by the way, I would be super insanely jealous. I would guess that would be an awesome gig. I would bring you out. Okay, to great. A Pearl I would Jam just like show. to go yeah. to one Pearl Jam show with you. I'm not asking for the entire tour, just one show if you actually do become the backup basis for Pearl Jam during their next tour. How many Pearl Jam songs do you know? Oh, how many do I know? Like, can I like sing? Can you know? Can you can you name a Pearl Jam song? Daughter, probably right, one of my okay, favorites perfect. of all, all time. Right, Better all Man, one of the all time great songs. Yeah, no, right. I'm, I'm not like uh, you know like super duper hardcore Pearl Jam fan, but sure. that's a great like if I'm on a road trip and the kids are asleep and Chapin's asleep as well, and I have to listen to the radio quietly, so you don't really need to listen that closely. Pearl Jam is one of the great bands to put Pearl on. Pearl Jam is where it's at. Yeah, because they, they just rock out for like eight minutes a song. Good for you. Yeah. Iconic. I love this. Yeah. I'll tell you what. There could be worse bands to be the backup bass player for than Pearl Jam. So I'm in on that. Let's try and make yeah. that happen. Let's talk about some Thursday Night Football. Let's do it. You want to do that? Uh, we sure. got Trevor Lawrence updates. Let's start there because yeah. this is where everything sort of starts here with Thursday Night Football. We got an update from Adam Schefter that we're going to test it out. Yeah. And by we, I mean Trevor Lawrence is going right. to test it out, his knee out, to be able to see if he is able to play tonight yep. against the Saints. Field, if he is able to go, do you want to start him against the New Orleans Saints? No. Um, so here are the reasons why. First of all, the injury, which it sounds like Trevor is more confident than a game-time decision based off his comments. His comments sound confident. He's been on the practice field this week. As always, a Thursday night football week of practices is very different than a normal week of practices. It's basically a couple of walkthroughs. Yep. But uh, they had to travel yesterday. He did make the trip, of course. But I would prefer to go a different direction from Trevor Lawrence, who, of course, this season has not yet met expectations that we no. had during the preseason. And then the Saints defense, 
which this Saints team is sort of finding its way. It's two and four right now, kind of stuck in the mud on offense, but defensively they remain outstanding and they've allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks under 13 points per games. Now they haven't exactly played like every one of the league's top quarterbacks to date. Still six fewest fantasy points per game. Plus Lawrence's struggles Other reasons why I have his quarterback 17 this week. Keep in mind, six teams on a bye. You have a couple of quarterbacks that would normally be ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow is a notable example. CJ Stroud might be in there. Yeah. yeah Dak Prescott potentially, yeah. depending on how confident you are after a Monday night this past week. But yes, six teams on a bye. The biggest problem with Trevor Lawrence is if you want to pivot away from him, this is not the week where a bunch of great streaming options present themselves. Yep. Don't love that part, but I'm totally with you because I look at this. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, by the way, averaging under 15 fantasy points per game has not hit 20 fantasy points once in six weeks this season. And like you said, now taking on the, Defense that has allowed the six fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Everything is just not lining up in a way where you want to trust him. But with six teams on a bye, Mm. how deep into that streaming radar do you get before you're like, you know what? I just got to roll with this guy over someone that I feel like wasn't even rostered before. So my favorite streaming option of the week might not even play. It's Daniel Jones. I know that sounds crazy. I know that trusting Daniel Jones could definitely be the kind of thing that comes back to bite you in the butt by Sunday afternoon. But still... I do love the matchup against the commanders. I know Daniel Jones's value is rooted more often in his legs and his rushing. I mean, Mm -hmm. than his his arm, but still, I think Daniel Jones has a serviceable beyond serviceable outing on Sunday. If he does play, but if I'm telling you to pivot off of Travis, uh, Trevor Lawrence for Daniel Jones, and then Daniel Jones listed as doubtful tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, I would feel like an absolute turd. So uh, I've got Trevor Lawrence as quarterback 17. There are a couple of players like Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell and Matthew Stafford that are names to consider over Trevor Lawrence, but you may not have a better option than Lawrence because of the fact that six teams are on a bye. Yeah, that makes it a little tougher. When you're looking at this team, though, Travis Etienne is not someone that you're considering leaving off of your starting lineup. He's like one of the only guys that feels like a lock it in Every single week, start it, set it, and forget it running back. He's been fantastic this year, and it has not just been efficiency, but he's been getting volume from this Jaguars team. Yeah, he actually leads the NFL in carries. That's crazy. Would you thought that? Like uh, the profile for Travis Etienne coming into the NFL was he was this insane touchdown scorer. He had more games with a touchdown than any other player in NCAA D1 history. Beyond that, he was an awesome pass catcher. He is still an awesome pass catcher, and they've involved him a bit more in that regard. But in a year in which there are a million different ways that you can pick apart basically every running back other than like Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert so far, like seriously, go through the rest of the running backs and we could probably find a thing that's been sort of bothersome for them this year. You go to Austin Eckler. He, of course, has missed time. Derrick Henry's had like three games, which he's been outsnapped by Tajay Spears. Jonathan Taylor has just been back recently. Saquon Barkley has missed time. The list goes on and on and on. Nick Chubb is now on IR. Joe Mixon has been terrible. Hasn't even found the end zone as a rusher so far this year. Then you get to Travis Etienne and you're like, sees a ton of opportunity, Yep, scores touchdowns, Yep, gets enough involved in the passing game to make it all worthwhile. So he is one of the five most secure running backs in all of fantasy right now. A must start even against a good Saints defense once again this season. Don't second guess it. Put him in your fantasy lineup. Yep, Let's talk one. about these wide receivers because I think this is where it gets interesting for me because we all wanted Calvin Ridley to be the clear cut number one wide receiver for yeah. this Jaguars team. 
so far hasn't worked out that way. I understand we've had some glimpses of him being the guy, but it feels a lot more like we're going to find a little bit of everybody within this offense. Calvin Ridley has not just taken over as the number one, at least in my estimation. No, he How has is it that you look at yeah. this? So here's what I would say is that I, during the preseason, we had a lot of conversations about like two players on the same team and like, which would you prefer? Because sometimes you were hitching your wagon to only one of two pass catchers in an offense just yep. to diversify your portfolio. Now we're at the point where like you've already made your picks and not a ton of people, I don't think, are choosing between Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. The reason why I have Calvin Ridley ranked higher than Christian Kirk is that the ceiling is higher for Calvin Ridley in a given week. We've seen him have two really, really good games all the way back in week one and then a couple of weeks ago. Then we've also seen Calvin Ridley kind of go cold. Meanwhile, when Zay Jones has been out and even... With Zay Jones on the field on occasion, Christian Kirk has reminded everybody that he is still the guy. He's still steady Eddie. He's still the target volume, target vacuum guy in this offense. So the reason why I have Christian Kirk ranked below Calvin Ridley is I just think that Ridley has the higher ceiling within the course of a game. I think both of these guys, though, are totally startable players. I have each of them inside my top 25. By the way, since week two, Christian Kirk has 9.4 targets per game. That's top 15 in the entire NFL. So mm -hmm. volume has been on his side. Calvin Ridley had 25% of the team's targets over the past two weeks. Like all those things, good enough to make both of those guys top 25 wide receiver options, even in a game which could end up being much more of a grinded out, right? This is Thursday night football, which tends to lead to a few more ugly outings. The Saints have a legit cornerback room and secondary overall, but still both of these guys inside my top 25. I think I'm a little too low on Christian Kirk with a part of what we just talked about. And I think I'm with you that both of these guys can be started. I actually would rather go with Christian Kirk here, but they're right next to each other okay. for me. And part of that is you laid the argument out perfectly though. You, you did explain everything because Kirk is well, getting more volume, yeah. but there's no question that if one of these guys is going to go off for a 35 point game, Calvin Ridley's the guy that we think has the ability to do that. Yeah, and even if it's like, like 35 would be amazing. Trust me. As a uh, yeah, Ridley I would manager, love I'd give me 25 right now. Say, and I feel but good. Even if he told me like one of these guys is more likely to have like seven, 141 and a touchdown. I think that player is still Calvin Ridley over Christian Kirk, who's obviously very, very solid. I agree with that. Other than that, though, for the Jaguars, uh, Evan Ingram, he, you're you know, starting lock him. it in. He's yep. part of that tight end crew, but like nothing else you have to think too crazy about with this Jaguars offense tonight. A big, big game for them, by the way. Four and two, and I know it's very early. We're only a third of the way through the season, but because they play in the least competitive division mm -hmm. in the entire, well, the Chiefs, I'm sorry, they play in one of the two non-competitive divisions in the AFC, like, they can think big here now. Like, if the Jaguars pull out 12 wins this year, that could be a top-two seed in the AFC. I know we don't have those two buys anymore, but given given the fact that the AFC East has three legit teams, yes. the AFC North might have four legit teams. Like, that division, the AFC South, could have a 12- or 13-win champion, and that could easily be a top-two seed in the AFC. Gosh, how cool would that be for Jacksonville fans? It'd be pretty awesome. They'd be pumped. It'd be like as... I don't know, like half as cool as the Lions having a top two seed. I was going to say, it's not quite because they haven't been around quite as long, but yes, you want them. I just want all fan bases to experience like positivity empathy. every once you, in a empathy while. Empathy is a Lions fan. <laughs> Absolutely do. Most right. don't, yeah. Let's talk about the Saints here. I'm not, I don't want to start anybody that's playing quarterback for the Saints right now. I feel the same way. All it right, so let's. yet another Derek Carr type year, it's right? Been tough. I mean, despite the fact that he is a solid NFL quarterback, this year I think he's been just okay. And yeah. for fantasy, he has never really gotten there. So no, I am not starting Derek 
Derek Carr. I should note, last thing on the Jaguars, I like their defense tonight. Ooh. They have uh, both starting offensive tackles plus a third offensive lineman out for the Saints tonight. Pass protection's been crappy all year. Mm-hmm. Give me the Jaguars defense as a streaming option. If I, I went through on the walk over here and looked for the Jaguars defense in several different leagues to see if I could add them. Love them tonight. Love. Love's a strong word. But like... I'm not looking for, like, I don't want 20. I mean, I would love 20 points out of my defense. You're not expecting 20 points. I'm looking like if I can get eight to 12, I'm thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not asking for a whole lot more than that. Nope. I mean, I would love it. You're basically I'm just not, looking I'm not for demanding it. You want a tight end one out of your 12. defense. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Actually, <laughs> tight end kicker defense, the three spots that that's just right. the bane of my existence, but same time. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Since he came back, mm-hmm. he has 64 rush attempts. That yep. leads the NFL. It, he has Sorry. 25 targets. Yep. That leads all running backs. Yep. He has 23 receptions. That leads all running backs. Yep. He is top 10 in scrimmage yards. He is getting a ton of volume within the Saints offense. He is basically everything that you had hoped for. If you drafted him, let him sit on your bench because of the suspension tag and not able to be on your IR. He is everything that you were you were hoping he was going to be. Right now, set it and forget it starter in your running back spot. Two couple things I am watching out for tonight, though. Jamal Williams can return from IR. If he plays, does the volume go down a little bit for Alvin Kamara? Not to the point that you're not starting him. But not in the passing game, but maybe Jamal the- Williams. Yeah, if he if he if he robs Alvin Kamara of call it six carries tonight, one or two of which are near the goal line, that's obviously like does have a little bit of an impact on Alvin Kamara's rest of season outlook. He might be knocked down a few pegs. Um, and then also, can we find, can we get a big play for Alvin Kamara? I would love that. He and Josh Jacobs are the two guys that see all of this volume, but the, just the big play propensity is not there right now for Kamara. He has 3.8 yards per touch since returning. You mentioned how many opportunities he's getting. That's great. The efficiency, not great. That's 33 out of 40 qualified players wow. since he returned. Again, that was in week four. So weeks four through six, 33 out of 40 in terms of yards per touch. But a guy that we're definitely starting here. Oh, yeah, this we're starting week. him. I mean, I've got no him question. as uh, running back six this week, which oh, is a couple spots ahead of consensus. I guess I would, this is maybe a weird way to say it, but I would almost rather have the guy coming back be a Jamal Williams type player rather than someone that's going to take that potential passing game work away oh, from yeah, Alvin Kamara. Totally. Yeah. So I think it's, he still obviously has a very high floor because of that. But because of this, yeah. let's talk about these wide receivers mm-hmm. because Alvin Kamara is the guy that's actually getting all the targets here in this offense over the last three weeks since Alvin Kamara. Joined this team. He's got 25 targets, like I said. Chris Olave's got 22. Michael Thomas has 21. Mm -hmm. Only one less target than Chris Olave. Rashid Shahid has 15, by the way. So this has not been a situation where Chris Olave has been the clear-cut number one, lock it in, set it, and forget it. We've seen some decent flex value out of Michael Thomas because of the lack of volume that we've had for Chris Olave. So how are you approaching these three wide receivers tonight? Okay, so I still see Olave in a different category than the other two because the upside is there. He's had two games over 100 yards to begin the season then kind of came back down to earth. And then last week, seven for 96. So it's clear which one of these guys has the chance to like grab the rim, so to speak, and dunk. It's not Michael Thomas. Nope. Michael Thomas, though, has settled in as he's comfort food right now in fantasy. One of my favorite uh, fantasy football terms, because what you know you're going to get out of Michael Thomas is steady volume. He has at least six targets in every game this season. Yep. He actually has over nine PPR points in every game this season. Hey, that's consistency. What you're not going to get, though, is much in the way of big play upside. Like ceiling, sure. 10.6 yards per catch. There are 65 players with at least 30 targets this year. 
65. Okay. 10.6 yards per catch from Michael Thomas ranks 47th out of 65. And keep in mind, wow. that does not inflict running backs are going to be lower than that mm-hmm. because like a good, like a good, really good running back yards per reception total is like eight and a half. Very rarely does a running back hit over 10 yards per catch with, you know, whatever that would be uh, five targets per game. This is not the year that Michael <laughs> Thomas is like, you know, he, he's obviously his, his, his big play upside is just not there. Not there anymore. Moreover, he is 64 out of those 65 players, 64th out of those 65 players in yards after the catch per reception, 1.8. Wow. So basically it's like when Michael Thomas catches the ball, he's Tyler like, Lockett. That's the end of the play. Yeah. So press the A the, button the and just fall just down. There. On the that's field. why, yeah, that's why despite the volume and despite the fact that like, if you were to measure simply consistency, mm-hmm. he has been more consistent than Chris Olave, totally different category of upside for Michael Thomas. I have him as wide receiver 35 this week. So outside what I would consider starting wide receiver range. Don't really want to start him unless you absolutely have, if you have to, at least you've got what feels like a floor that you can count on, but there's just not, this is not the kind of player, especially in a Thursday night game, especially in a Thursday night game, because you got to stare at that box score for so long. It's not the kind of player you want to start more so this year than other years. Totally gotten to me. And I told myself this, and I'm going to say this out loud because it's going to force me to hold myself accountable. Okay. All right. I'm not a good golfer. Okay. I'm not a good golfer. I'm right. saying that no one, I don't think anybody would confuse me for a good golfer. But what I did realize is that when I decided to just not express my own frustrations about golf on the course while I'm playing crappy, I became a slightly better golfer hey. and I enjoyed it more. Okay. Right. Fantasy football. When you have an aggravating thing happen in fantasy football, Throwing the remote, punching the couch, kicking yourself does nothing to nope. change the output of a player's result. Yep. <laughs> and frankly, if you just kind of live with it and hope for the next week or maybe later on, maybe it's Sunday at 1.30 and you've still got guys in the 4 in the 8 p.m. slate. Maybe you've got a Monday night miracle ahead of you. If you just bank on those possibilities happening, fantasy football becomes a whole lot more enjoyable. Heck of a lot more fun. So while it would be disappointing if Alvin Kamara only has like five and a half fantasy points tonight, it is not the end of the week. My friends, that's right. Not let the emotions of fantasy football overcome you. I'm telling you, it has made a material change in my golf experience. I'm now trying to put that same amount of energy into fantasy football. I love it. Cause I cried like a baby last week when Patrick <laughs> Mahomes only had 17 and a half fantasy points on Thursday night. And he was still a top 10 quarterback. Quarterback seven. But I cried like a baby. Cause we didn't know field. I love that. I'm totally with you on that one. This is part of the fun. There's gotta be a game. Don't let the emotions overcome you and, yeah. and make it not be fun as a Easier game anymore. Easier said than done. You're but right. if I put myself out there publicly, it's an accountability thing. That's right. Accountability. I'm with you on that. All right. Pick this game for me. You can uh, take the Jaguars or the Saints. The Jaguars. I don't know how you pick the Saints team right now. They're playing at home. That's good, obviously. And this team has a great defense. And I absolutely love the home crowd experience for the New Orleans Saints. I'm taking the Jaguars, a team that has kind of weathered some things early on this season, specifically the fact that they were away. They're out of the country for like two and a half weeks. Yeah. Four and two. Big win over the Buffalo Bills recently. Give me the Jaguars. And I'm going to go 21-16. Wow. You said, I don't know how you take the Saints. It goes like this. 
I'm going to take the Saints. All right, we are split. I love that. And part of that because Mama Dop is really big on Jamal Williams. She is a huge Jamal Williams fan. So for me, I got to side with Mama Dop there on that one. Honestly, that's a good enough reason. For me, it is. It's a good enough reason in my book. That's right. All right, we're going to talk about our Week 7 preview in just a moment. Field, tell us about Geico. Are you overwhelmed by insurance like I am fantasy football sometimes? Yes. Well, not anymore. Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning GEICO mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to GEICO.com. Got it? Do you smell that field? That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It is college football season, baby. So block off your Saturdays. Swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, lawn throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back. And this year, things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is, Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Fields, yesterday as we had wrapped up the show, I stayed after to do a couple of post tapes. And as yeah. you were walking out, what did I yell to you? Do you remember? Um, you yelled, don't get emotional. No, about that's, fantasy football? that's not what it was. I was like, Field, when are we going to start talking about Kyler Murray? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said, I said, hey, I think it's good. You know, when it becomes official, I what, think we talk about it. And then I, it's almost as if I spoke it into existence. Did. A few hours later, we get rumors, not rumors, we get word. News, yeah. That Kyler Murray designated to return from the pup list. Yep. What does this mean for fantasy man? First off, for me, it means go out and grab him if he's available on your waiver wire with yeah. how bad quarterback has sure. been. Yeah. Anything else other than that, because we can't really use him now, but with how bad the QB position has been, I feel like he's at least worth keeping on your roster. All right, so just a couple of reminders for people that don't know how this works. When you've been designated to return from the PUP list, yesterday was, what, the 18th? 18th. The Cardinals have three weeks to move him from the PUP list to the 53-man roster. If after three weeks they haven't done that yet, he goes back to PUPs out for the year. I suspect the Cardinals will be adding him to the active roster at some point over the next 21 days. They wouldn't bring him back to not return him at this point, right? It it does happen on occasion with players, but usually when that happens, it's much later in the year. Okay. So I would be very, very surprised, especially given the gravity of this decision. It's the franchise quarterback. Yep. So they have 21 days. It could happen tomorrow that they return him to the 53-man roster. I don't know that it'll be tomorrow, but I do think it'll happen at some point over the next three weeks. I think it won't be long after that that he becomes a starting quarterback. Here's the question we have with Kyler Murray, though. It's not whether uh, you know he has more upside in a normal set of circumstances than some of the guys that we have been talking about as potential streaming options this year. It's how much does the knee injury impact Kyler as a runner? How judicious are the Cardinals with the new staff, by the way, in mm-hmm. terms of letting Kyler run? Uh, there is a lot at stake with Kyler Murray's performance the rest of the season. On top of the performance, it's the health. Like If he is healthy, the Cardinals may have a legitimate decision to make once the draft rolls around in almost exactly six months. Mm-hmm. If they have the third pick in the draft and Kyler Murray is healthy and performed fine the rest of the season... Then what do you do if you're the Cardinals? You either you have to make like are you you're gonna keep Kyler Murray and then use that pick on somebody who would be very, very, very valuable? Mm-hmm. Are you going to instead trade, try to trade Kyler Murray and then take a new quarterback that you can restart the clock with and somebody who is your guy, right? GMs and head coaches have their guys. So for now, I, like you, Daniel, went out and added Kyler Murray in a handful of leagues. 
yesterday because of the fact that a quarterback has been bad and B because he's still on the pup list. He's, he's out. So he can go right yeah. to IR. So I, I would that. go, if you haven't already, Kyler Murray deserves to be added in a whole bunch of leagues. But while I would say that there is a very, very real chance the first week back, Kyler Murray will be ranked somewhere between quarterback 12 and 15 for me. I can't immediately rank Kyler Murray as a must start upon return. No. Got to see the rust knocked off. Got to see how much he runs and got to see what this offense looks like with him. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that. For what it's worth, Kyler Murray only rostered in 19.7% of oh, leagues after now. waivers ran. So just like you said, he's still out. I'm my long shot on Sunday, even though he won't play. Ab- absolutely. So like, a little will it into the world or something, right? For what it's worth when I do check this player's availability, which is one of my favorite things on the ESPN app, by the way, where when you go in and you look at someone, you can look at all your ESPN leagues. Yeah. He's rostered in every single one of my ESPN leagues. Why are my leagues the only ones where he's rostered? You play in smart leagues. Yeah. The other leagues that I was unable to get Kyler in, for ones that weren't fab, so I had to sure. put a budget in, it was where I, f- I found myself saying, that's a smart person who already had him. I actually think Kurt... Yeah. Second shout out for Kurt yeah. in the show. I think he has Kyler. So uh, good job, Kurt. I'm assuming his daughter actually decided That's what it was. to take Kyler. It was Izzy. Izzy actually yeah. knew months ago. Let's add Kyler Murray. If nothing else, it's a little bit of defense. You know, it's defense is very in vogue this mm, year in Detroit. It is. Right? I mean, it Lions is. play great defense. Red Wings got a win last night. That's right. Uh, Detroit Pistons basketball coming back this year. That's right. Yeah, they haven't lost a game yet. So very much in vogue. But yes, <laughs> Kyler, Adam, uh, we will see uh, whether he has the same upside post knee injury. But Adam, because uh, he's way too talented and there are so many quarterbacks that have not been good this year. Field, I don't want to use the word trust with these Cardinals running backs. No. Uh, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. How? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. How deep of a league would you need to be in? And I understand like you have bad, maybe you have a bad roster. Maybe you don't have an option, but yeah. like realistically, yeah. 16 team league. Is nope. that the spot that's, you don't even want to use them in a 16 team or if you can help it. So we play obviously the, the veterans league here. Yep. 16 teams. Yep. Warren league that I play in 16, 16 teams. teams. Yep. My two 16 team leagues. I'd be surprised if Keontae Ingram or Amari DiMarcado is started in either of those leagues. Okay. Maybe veterans league because no, I mean, yes, they're the same size. Um, maybe Warren league, I should say, because we have an extra flex spot. Oh, that could be okay. But I'd be surprised. I wouldn't know part of them. It feels like there's no upside to either one of these running backs Minimal right now. Upside, you know, this offense has kind of come back down to earth over the past few weeks and Seattle and hat tip to our buddy, Jared Smola, uh, draft sharks, uh, JD Smola on Twitter. Excellent, excellent follow and really smart guy in general noted recently, just how much of a funnel the Seahawks are. They are easy to throw the football against and not easy to run the ball against. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want no part of these Cardinals running backs on uh, in week seven. I think there's a reason why they have led our Thursday preview show in back-to-back weeks. Yes. Not yes. the most exciting <laughs> offense right here, Daniel. Well, what about Amari Di Mercado, though? That part's fun. How about the tight end position then? Are, are we at a spot where we're maybe because tight end also is super thin yeah. and we've seen Trey McBride kind of take a step a little bit over Zach, Ev- Zach or excuse me, the last couple of weeks. Yep. Is he an option for you as a tight end streamer here? Not yet. I've got him as tight end 21. Okay. So maybe earmarked for like a future. Yeah, we'll is, see how that works. Remember uh, yesterday we talked about Michael Mayer at the end of the show. Yep. Raiders tight end. I think he's already shown more. I think he's a better player than Trey McBride. I think that offense is slightly more functional. Not by much, but slightly but more is, functional. No, it is. Um, I, I do need to make sure at some point before the end of the show, we talked to Monte Adams. Um, but... This is an ad. This is if you have an extra bench spot right now, 
go ahead and add Trey McBride because he is trending upwards. Zach Ertz trending downwards. And if you're Arizona, at some point, we're well, not at some point, we're 12 days away, <laughs> 12 days away from the NFL the trade deadline. Trade line, yeah. Okay. Every team that's bad, all right, name them. Panthers, Cardinals, Patriots, Giants, Broncos. I think those are the five teams. Uh, Bears, six teams with one or fewer win. The question's going to be asked. If you're a reasonable player on that roster, mm-hmm. especially a reasonable player going into the final or in the final year of his contract, could you be traded? I wonder if so. Not that those offenses are necessarily great, but if there is a player who seems to be trending up in any of those offenses, I think they're all worth adding. Because I mean, in a deeper league with a bench spot, yes, they're reasonable names to consider sure. because trades could take place over the next twelve days that creates a much larger role. So he's a tight end twenty-one for me, but trending in the right direction. And while I just said that Michael Mayer, I think, is a better player than Trey McBride. Trey McBride was a second round pick a year ago. Yes, he was. Who won the John Mackey Award, which is given every year to the best tight end in college football. He is no slouch whatsoever. He is a good, capable, athletic tight end who, once Kyler is back, if they have a bit of a connection and rapport, could creep into that tight end 12 to 15 range. That would be fantastic right now, especially because uh, if you use the draft pick on him in a dynasty league, he has not paid off so far through the first year and a half. Yeah. It's not been great. All right. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks on the other side of this game field. If you were to rank Mm -hmm. Ken Walker for the rest of the season, because right now you're starting him, you're starting him here in week seven. Trust me, you want to do that. But rest of season with how good this guy has played. What is he? Is he a top five running back? Is he a top 10 running back? He's somewhere between five and 10. Okay. So rest of the season, don't know the actual status on Christian McCaffrey, but number one is Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Number two is Austin, Austin Eckler. Number three, I think, is Bajon Robinson. Okay. Number four, it's like, you, you, like who deserves to be number four is Raheem Mostert. Mm. Who actually is number four is a question mark because obviously when Devon Achan was healthy, he was taking over more snaps. Jeff Wilson could play some snaps here, but um, Walker, it's like a Ken Walker, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne conversation. That's the territory that we are talking about. Antonio Pollard as well. You know who's ahead of all those guys? Oh God. Um, Who's ahead of all those guys? I know Brian Uh, Robinson. No. Who? Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. Guy oh, yeah. that I always I keep yeah. forgetting about Kyron Williams because but listen, again, right now he just you keeps can't, doing you can't stuff. Take him, obviously, no, because, yeah, obviously. You know, with him being injured. But yeah, he's round like somewhere between running back five and even eight. Um, because you know, and this goes back to the preseason conversation that everybody was having around Kenneth Walker the third. There were some metrics that very specifically did not like Ken Walker the third. Mm-hmm. He is a little bit of um like he's Kyle Schwarber. For baseball fans, it's okay. obviously the baseball playoffs right now. Kyle Schwarber hit under 200 during the regular season. I think he might still be batting under 200 in the playoffs. <laughs> but Kyle Schwarber hits bombs. And I'm talking like moonshots, like almost out of the stadium. And he had over 40 home runs during the regular season. He had a couple more the other night. Ken Walker the third is Kyle Schwarber. He might have a bunch of runs for two yards or fewer, but he also might have more 50-yard runs than anybody else in the NFL except for a Dolphins running back. Mm. So, yeah, for the rest of the season, I love me some Ken Walker. I actually was saying earlier that, like, basically every running back other than a couple have, like, some flaws on their resume to date. 
I feel like the biggest flaw that Kenneth Walker the third has is he had to sent him out for because he wasn't a buy. Because he wasn't a buy. That's great. it. Great. He's been awesome. Not Even only, without much receiving value. I was just going to say, not only is he not getting receiving value and still keeping this, but we were worried about Zach Charbonnet coming in and absolutely just finding a way to be able to steal touches away from Ken Walker. Right? Happen. Yeah. That has not been happening. Last two weeks, not last two weeks, last three weeks, but last two games, okay. Ken Walker has 39 touches. Zach Charbonnet has 10. It's yeah. almost a four to one touch rate at that point. So it is very obvious that they love Ken Walker. They want to Continue to let him cook within this offense. Last one for me, statistically, on Ken Walker. Over the past two seasons, so since he came into the league, Kenneth Walker the third, he has over 95% of the team's rushes within the five-yard line. Wow. That's the most in the NFL. Wow. That's 95%. The second highest? You probably guess who it is. Uh, Derrick Henry. Oh. 89.5%. Okay. That's pretty impressive right there. So love myself from Ken Walker the third. Gosh, that is interesting. All right. Let's talk about Ramondre Stevenson. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't really want to. No, you don't have to. He's going to take on the bills this week. I mean, although you'll tell you what, last week you look at uh, Travis Etienne absolutely dominated. He did in London against this bills defense. So is this one of those situations two weeks ago, but still was it, was it two weeks ago? It was, but still it's okay. That's all right. Mike, Adam going against me. You know what the Sucks. problem is? That's yeah. what that's what's stuck in my head. Bills is that played thing. the uh, Giants this past week. Oh, that's right. Night football. You're right. Oh, yeah. that's why because I tried to block that game from my memory because yeah. it was not even fun to watch. Yep. Anyways, Ramondre Stevenson. This this Patriots game, or t- Patriots team has been tough. They have been very tough. They've been and... not been good against this Bills defense. Are you still having Ramondre Stevenson as a top twenty running back? Uh, I have him as top twenty running back, but I don't feel like it's not like he's the guy that I expect to score twenty five points this week. Right? Top twenty because six teams are on a bye. That's why. Uh, and also the volume's been excellent, right? Like he's still top ten in touches this year. Yep. He has over eighty percent of the team's goal to go rushing attempts this season. Now they don't have many goal to go attempts, That's right? The problem. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this <laughs> is like unfortunately, and what's weird is that. The Patriots were not good on offense last year, mm-hmm. and Ramondre crushed it. But there are a couple of things that are just different. Is that A, the receiving volume is way down, and B, I think the offensive line is like precipitously worse than it was last year. Mm. The Patriots' offensive line is giving him absolutely nowhere to run right now. He's averaging three yards per carry. He's at five yards per rush last season. I, I don't know if it's defense or just, just saying like, we don't need to bother covering those wide receivers down the field because there isn't a difference maker. We're just going to stack the box. I'd have to go check the percentage of rushes that uh, uh, Ma- Madison that uh, Ramondre's had that have included a stacked stack box. box. But yeah. it just feels like how do we expect any team to fear the Patriots' offense until they prove us wrong? and have like a 30-point outburst, which feels extremely unlikely right now. So Ramondre is running back 15 for me. Mm -hmm. Patriots offensive line is just a world of trouble right now. The passing game is totally non-functional. Mac Jones is completely shot in terms of his confidence. So, yeah, I've got him as running back 15. I think that's about where he deserves to be because there are so many teams on a bye and also the fact that the volume is still good. But, man, what a slog it has been so far this season. Yeah, that doesn't feel Heck, good actually, me. you know what? Couldn't Zeke look good last week too? Actually, Zeke yeah. found the end zone. Zeke, oh, did you? I, I just, I, did you happen to see that Zeke had like an eighty-yard touchdown catch called back on like a on a holding call, no like way. seventy yards away from the play or something? Seriously, it was crazy. Yeah, I would be so, so frustrated. Imagine how we, we were talking about things differently if Zeke had an eighty-yard touchdown catch. But yeah, Dude, uh, Ramondre running back fifteen over the last three weeks. Ramondre Stevenson has 26.4 fantasy points per game. Ezekiel Elliott has no, 20. Total. Sorry. 
You're right. 26 total, not 26 yeah. points per game. 26 total. Zeke has 23.9. Yeah. Like Zeke has been unfortunately sticking right with him in a way that I was not expecting Ezekiel Elliott to do. But part of that does feel like everything that you talked about, whereas if there is not a passing game here, then we've got to find a way to be able to manufacture some type of meaningful touches for these running backs. And when you're just going to keep stacking the box over and over and over again, that makes it so difficult for any efficiency to happen for these guys, even in the passing game. So I, I don't know what the Patriots do to get back on track for us as fantasy managers, because it feels like this is going to be a season long thing that you deal with. Unfortunately, if you roster Ramondre Stevenson, their schedule lightens up a little bit in the second half. Okay. Tough division though, But, but still like, I don't know. With that offense, does it matter if the schedule lines up It doesn't feel or like not? it. No. Like, you know, the, this, like, that matters for the Jets, I think, who have faced a gauntlet and I think have a chance to win some football games now. Shout out to the Jets. Three and three. Um, I don't think it matters for the Patriots. Yeah. All right. What about for these uh, Cleveland Brown running backs? Yeah. So a quick note, uh, Kareem Hunt missed practice on Wednesday due to injury. Not sure whether he'll practice today. We'll keep an eye on that one. It's weird. I don't know exactly how people feel about Jerome Ford. Since he became a starting running back you for don't? the Cleveland Browns. Okay. I think I do. Since week two, he is running back 12 in terms of fantasy points per game. Wow. That seems good, right? Running back two. No, 12. 12. 12. 12 in yeah. fantasy. Oh, since week two. Since week running two. back 12. So you've got yourself a top 12 running back. Shouldn't that be a good thing? But I've spent all my fab on him, Field. That's what I'm focused on. It just, it just feels a little bit, it feels funky. I think the thing is that it's been so he his best game was when he scored two touchdowns. Yep. But he ran for nineteen yards on ten carries. Yeah, that wasn't great. So it just <laughs> it doesn't feel like the the strategy to become RB twelve has been as sound as the production has been for RB twelve. Um and I thought that Kareem Hunt played a little bit more than I was comfortable with yeah, that this past true. week. So where do I have him ranked? I have him as RB eighteen. If Kareem Hunt's out, that number probably boosts to like RB fourteen, fifteen. The Browns do run the ball a ton. Yep. They play such good defense. They'll be able to run the football a ton going forward. If they can hold the 49ers, albeit in rain, to what they did last week, they can slow down any offense in the NFL. They really can. Yep. Um, It's a great offensive line. They want to run the football. Their quarterback is hurt. Colts, by the way, just lost their... Both uh, quarterbacks are hurt in this game. Yeah. They, like, they, it's they, just going to be, let's run the yeah. football 100 times. Uh, Grover Stewart, the uh, Colts nose tackle, is a very, very good player. He suspended as of yesterday. Okay. So that impacts the Colts run defense. So yep. I've got Jerome Ford as RB18. I've got Kareem Hunt as RB31. I think that sounds about right to me. Because I'm not going to... I am not going to overreact to the single first week that Kareem Hunt did anything that was decent for this Browns team. Yep. I still think that this is Jerome Ford's team moving forward. And so I'm going to continue to project so. that until things change. Part well, of this they though, were so adamant it was Jerome Ford's backfield. I know. Nick Chubb got hurt. I know. I know. Which is why we went out and spent all the fab that we did on him because yeah. this was going to be a situation where you have a guy replacing that Nick Chubb role. This RB12. should be so much volume yeah. here. So... Gosh. On the other side of this, just really quickly, I know we've already talked about the Indianapolis Colts, uh, but in case you did not talk, listen to yesterday's podcast, field, yeah. we both have Jonathan Taylor ahead of Zach Moss this week, although this is lowered expectations because of that really good Browns defense. God, I hope we're right on that one because it's getting really uncomfortable when every week people are like, can I start Zach Moss? And I'm like, I, uh, I would Taylor. rather not. But uh, and For what it's worth, I mean, even Kevin Stefanski, the Browns coach yesterday said like, I think this is the week in which or I think his <laughs> workload should grow this week, right? I mean, $42 million. Yeah. That's my explanation. That's the... <laughs> 
That's a pretty good explanation. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Brian Robinson taking on Maybe. the Giants here this week. Are we in a spot where Brian Robinson can rebound from what has been some average performances him from him the last couple of weeks? Uh, eight rushing attempts per game over the past two games. Didn't What's love that. Weird though is that the Commanders have played back-to-back goofy games. Yeah. So two weeks ago, remember on Thursday Night Football, fifty-five straight called passes in a game in which obviously they were down big against the Bears. Yep. Last week, Sam Howell throws three touchdown passes, and they consistently have the short field. By the way, one of those went to Brian Robinson. So Robinson's been more involved in the passing game than I think I probably would have expected coming into the season. This feels, though, like the get-right game for Brian Robinson in the sense that they're playing the Giants. A good defense, capable, no doubt. Yep. But the offense, not very capable. Not good. Giants defense, I should, let me, let me correct myself a little bit. They stunk for like the first three weeks. I was It was sort of a shock what they did with They've Buffalo. looked much more like themselves over the past couple of games. Like they've been respectable. They've got, you know, Bobby O'Carrake has been awesome. And they've got some good, like legitimate players on that defense that have played much more like it. Um, so, but I think this is a low scoring game, low scoring enough that Brian Robinson is RB 20 for me, which with Robinson, because of the inconsistent understanding of what the passing game will look like every single week, yep. it's harder for me to rank him a whole lot higher than that. But yeah, I've got him as RB 20 this week. So Robinson is the clear cut number one running back in this backfield, right? But part of what you're talking yeah. about is the target share over the last three weeks. Yep. Brian Robinson has eight targets. Antonio Gibson has eight targets. I'm surprised that he's even close to Antonio Gibson. And you know what? I just want, I just want the commanders to trade Antonio Gibson. Can we get him on a team that actually wants to use him? Or is Antonio Gibson just not as good at football as I had hoped that he I was? Think, I think he was, I think he has become a victim of the expectations. You think that's what it is? Because people called him the CMC lights when he became, this was like what? Two, three seasons ago. Two, three years ago, ago. Yeah. Where it was. Yeah. We're going to, you know, Scott Turner was the offensive coordinator who had been mm-hmm. in Carolina with Christian McCaffrey. And we're it was like, use yeah, like we're going to use him like Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey light. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, when you say light, like you're talking about like, like super light, like you can't even see it. That's how light it is. Right. Yeah. Like, like 15% of Christian McCaffrey, which is not very good for fantasy football. And then we had Eric Bieniemy come to this offense and it's like, oh, could they utilize him in a way that that former chiefs offensive coordinator can like manufacture some passing game work here? And that didn't happen either. It's Question. been more Brian Robinson. Do you think you'd be better at fantasy football if during OTAs, <laughs> when people are talking all the time, you just didn't listen. Just shut it off. Just didn't listen to it. Like between the months of May and like August 15th, you just didn't listen to a single thing a coach said. I don't think that most of the stuff coaches say between then, between that period and when the season starts usually amounts to a whole lot. So I, I don't think that I would miss a whole lot field. Yeah. I, I think I, I talk myself way. maybe into a narrative that I shouldn't be talking to myself. Trust into. your eyes. Yeah. Because of that. What was your favorite one? This offseason? No, you can, you can remember in, in time. Because I have a favorite one. All right. Give me your favorite one. I'll think about it. Uh, John Gruden once said that uh, Brian Edwards, the third round pick out of South Carolina, who I think is not on a team right now, he compared him to, and I should go back and really check this, uh, but it was a, like, he's got some T.O. slash Randy Moss vibes oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah. That's... I mean, as soon Not as quite. you start evoking those types of names, it's like, that's too much for me. That's like, too early. I, I mean, I, I mean, he is like T.O. and Randy Moss out of the league right now. <laughs> so that might be accurate, right? <laughs> that, um, that part that is true. Though, other yeah. than that. Yeah. Other than that, it is tough. Oh, God. 
Uh, all right, let's talk on the other side of this. I don't want to do this either. The Commanders game. Hey, you know what? Field, we were super excited about two wide receivers in this offense. Yeah. It was Terry McLaurin and it was Jahan Dotson. And for some reason, Curtis Samuel just keeps getting work here. Yeah. So, What's going on? Because this was last year. Remember we bought into Curtis Samuel for a little bit of time because he was doing so well. And we were like, is this guy really going to continue to be a top 20 wide receiver? Mm-hmm. And then he sort of got phased out of this offense. And it feels like he's just doing the same freaking thing again this year. All right. So... Let's talk. I, I think we can succinctly discuss Jahan Dotson. Okay. Until he actually gets consistent targets, don't bother. Put him on the bench. Bench? All right. Is he droppable or just bench in your Benchable. estimation? Okay. Benchable, not droppable. Terry McLaurin, we saw some signs of life last week. Let's hope we see that more. In the first okay. half, yeah. Curtis Samuel, I thought about this. So, uh, longtime uh, producer of the show, Damian Dabrowski, mm-hmm. absolutely incredible person. Yep. Uh, now works with Matthew down at NBC. That's Great right. guy. Um, him and I are playing each other in Dynasty this week. Ooh. And he's got an excellent, excellent team. But he's had some devastating injuries. Justin Jefferson, Nick Chubb, and uh, somebody else that's hurt that you're like, dang, like that team is awesome at full strength. But where he is lacking is depth without those three guys. In that same league, my team is like the Ham and Eggers, right? Like I've got a few, like very. I've got Kelsey, I've got Lamar, I've got Raheem Mostert, who all of a sudden is awesome, and <laughs> like a few other guys that are like blue chip players, right? Yep. yep. But my 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 blue chip talent drops off pretty quickly. But like my bench is chock full of guys that you're just like, I don't know, like do I play Javante? Will like he's he's like Javante Williams consistently on my bench and like. Christian Kirk and guys like that, right? Who are solid, solid players, but not necessarily blue chip guys. Yep. And Curtis Samuel is on my bench and he's emblematic. It's like every week I'm like, no, like he won't be that good. Will he? And then he continues to do things. Yep. Uh, It happens every year. This happens every single year. Curtis Samuel has a stretch, a month, sometimes five weeks where he gets enough targets to tantalize you, gets a handful of carries as well, finds the end zone as well. I mean, he got a three-year, $33 million contract a few off-seasons ago to sign with the commander. So I have him as wide receiver 37. So not fully trusting. Wide no. receiver, th- that's 20 spots, 21 spots ahead of Jahan Dotson. That's with six teams on a bye, yeah. too. So wide receiver 37. I think the problem with Curtis Samuel, and this might be just a, like, we have seen trends that have favored Curtis Samuel in the past and then snap your fingers Just and the disappears. bottom falls out. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I'm weary of. Okay. That's it. Yeah. All right. For the record, Damien has Justin Jefferson on IR, Kyron Williams, who that's is a, out yeah, Kyron, and yeah. Nick Chubb, yeah. who is also on IR. I mean, those are three you, awesome players. You add that to his roster. You're in trouble. Yeah. We're, st- I think we are, we are literally projected within 0.8 points of each other this week. And his team is without three of, I don't know, the, probably 20 some 25 most valuable players in all of fantasy, including the number Inclu- one player in dynasty rankings right now. And yeah, Justin Jefferson. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, you've got Jerry Judy on your dynasty league roster. Yeah. But I'm like, what do I do with him? I don't know. What is, are you the Broncos? Are the, do the Broncos still want him? Is that, is a trade officially going to happen? Do you think I do? I think it, um, like, I feel like he's, if we were looking at a, a one, the one guy in fantasy, yep. That might have some value if they get moved here. Like yeah. I feel like this is the name that people are talking about that Jerry buzz. Judy. Yeah. The complicating factor for Jerry Judy is that the Broncos picked up his fifth year option next year. Mm. It's fully guaranteed. Mm. So you have to ask yourself this. If you want to trade for Jerry Judy, you're going to get him for a very small amount this year, but you're going to be on the hook for like 17 million next year. Is he worth it based off how he's played so far this year? Not to me. Uh, and you know, last Thursday night was it? Yeah. Last Thursday night against the chiefs. 
you know, before the game, Steve Smith and him kind of had that incident. Yes, and, you know, Steve calls like he sees it, right? And, I, you know, Steve's not the kind of guy to stir the pot, um, like, inaccurately, right? And if there are questions about Jerry Judy, sort of like, it's, there were some, like, uh, I don't know, some interesting signs emanating from Jerry Judy last Thursday night. Like, you have a game in an hour, stop paying attention to the sidelines. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I think there's a lot that uh, goes into deciding whether you should trade for Jerry Judy. I wouldn't be surprised, but I also know that uh, if it were as like, I think a simpler deal would have been done if Jerry Judy had performed slightly better so far this year. I have a handful of Marvin Mims shares that I'm just I waiting like to yeah, be realized on in that, right? case things happen there. So hopefully we get some news around that. All right, let's talk about the other side of this commander's game. Is Wandell Robinson a guy that you can trust here? Because right now we've talking about two players for the Giants that, yep. you, that you can start pretty comfortably week in and week out. And yep. that's Saquon Barkley yep. and Darren Waller. In spite of the fact that it doesn't feel comfortable, like he is a guy you're going to start week in and week out. Yes, both of those guys are. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Darren Waller, by the way. Husband of Kelsey Plume. Back-to-back WNBA champ last night. Las that's Vegas, right. Vegas. Congratulations to them. The aces are unbelievable. Crushing it. Yep. Would you start Wandale Robinson as a potential flex play with six teams on a buy, or have you not seen enough volume or uptick in usage yet in order to make it feel like you're ready to put him into your starting lineup? I would not start him. Okay. Here's the good thing with Wandale Robinson. When they throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. As a matter of fact, he has uh, he has a reception on 88% of his targets. Wow. Okay. That's actually the highest amongst all wide receivers, more than 20 targets this year. So good hands. Yeah. Nice hands. However, okay. the average air yards per target on those throws? Probably low. 3.4 yards. Okay, that's So low. he's like an extension of the running game. Yep. So no, I would prefer not to start Wondell Robinson. I have him as wide receiver 43 this week. He's a fine player, but part of the reason why the Giants are throwing the football so short all the time is because their offensive line has been massacred by injuries. Mm-hmm. How about this? Everybody knows all the injuries already. Andrew Thomas, their best offensive lineman by a mile He's been out for four games because of a hamstring injury. His backup won an IR this past week. They literally signed Justin Pugh off off the the couch. couch. How great was that (laughs) moment, by the way? Today or yesterday during practice, I just got this notification from Jordan Renan. Shane Lemieux tore his biceps, another starting guard, on IR during practice. sucks. So they can't really manufacture downfield touches with all these offensive line concerns. I mentioned the Jaguars as a defense you love this week. Commanders, hello. Gosh, that means Daniel Jones should be either running the ball a ton yep. or quick dump offs to all of the people that are like Saquon. Say like you're I, I want to be able to find ways because if you can't manufacture those like deep touches for him. All the signs are telling me not to like Daniel Jones this week. Mm. And yet I'm a sick of him. That's, that's where more. it's at. Which he has to play, obviously. We understand he is uh he has not yet cleared for contact, so it does sound like at least as of 1150 when we're having this conversation so he could could sit out this week but if he does play i've got a sneaky feeling are sneaky, you very sneaky are you still a sicko who yeah. is trusting Devonte adams in spite of the fact that he's the number two wide receiver on this raiders team now how about this though i thought this was interesting last night and i respect it by the way from Devonte adams okay i don't have a problem with it i think you know my instinct would have been like hey you guys are winning you're three and three and the player comes out and talks about wanting the ball more Devontae Adams uh, said last night, and this was amongst many quotes, you know, a player like me is not measured by wins and losses. I'm measured by greatness. Or maybe it was motivated by wins and losses. He's motivated by greatness. Devontae Adams wants to win. Mm -hmm. Okay. He does. 
He also understands, I think, his place, his hierarchy spot in the NFL. He is, what, at worst, a top, the, the fifth best wide receiver in the NFL? At worst, right? He's, I think, the second or third highest paid in the NFL. Like, he deserves to be the focal point of basically any offense he plays in. And he hasn't been over the past two weeks. He went full A.J. Brown squeaky wheel gets the grease. He expressed frustration last night. Yep. Now, to only amplify that, let me pull up a uh, tweet from our friend, Denny Carter, who also does an amazing job over at Roto World. He's not Denny, only very, very insightful, on he's also hilarious yeah. in life and on Twitter. Over the past two games, and I don't know the source of this um, this uh, exact uh, stat, but uh, Denny used it on Twitter. Maybe he's maybe he's a source. Maybe Den- maybe Denny tracked all these things. Maybe he does. Raiders first read targets over the past two games. Thirty five percent of them have gone to Jacoby Myers. Devontae Adams at twenty percent. Twenty percent. So what that means is basically like they're dialing up plays for Jacoby Myers. This might actually be a good thing for fantasy value. This really might be a good thing. I know that sounds crazy, but if this season has proven anything so far. Wide receivers have stepped up mm-hmm. and said something, mm-hmm. and they have been rewarded handsomely yep. with lots of targets. So I actually was legitimately enthused by what Devontae Adams said because he has freely spoken his mind plenty since becoming a Las Vegas Raider. It seems like the Raiders have a good understanding of what Devontae Adams wants, mm-hmm. and I think Josh McDaniels will in turn – acquiesce to Devontae Adams' desires. I, I legitimately, this is sound, I legitimately thought about moving up, moving him up from wide receiver, I think I have him eight or nine this week, to like six or seven. Really? Legitimately. Okay. Squeaky wheel will get the grease on Sunday. Against the Bears, by the way. So I saw Devontae about an hour ago, just you before our show started, yeah. uh, quote tweeted to Sean Reed from The Athletic. Oh, okay. So Deshaun Reed said, my takeaway from Devontae Adams' comment today, he values winning above all else, but knows the Raiders can't win at the level he wants to without the offense being significantly better. Yes. For the offense to be that, he needs to get the ball more. Okay, it's Deshaun, by the way, it's a, it's a great it's a great summation of it. And shout out to Deshaun, does a great job covering the Raiders. And Devontae Adams quote tweeted that and sent simple Period. Thank you, brother. Like oh, that's actually great. That's okay. what happened. So yeah, because that was he's great. right. Like despite the fact that they're winning, they're like they're grinding games out. Mm-hmm. They barely beat the Patriots over the weekend, right? And they beat because the, their defense, right? Like they beat the Broncos in Week One, seventeen sixteen. The Patriots last week was a twenty one seventeen. They beat the Packers. Was that like six sixteen thirteen or it was something? Something gross again, like that. Right? Yeah. Like I, I think they are. They they might very well. They might very well be a bottom ten offense right now. In, in terms of total points scored. So, Which is crazy because they've got Devontae Adams yeah. and Jacoby Myers and Josh Jacobs. Okay, I really like that, by the way. I'm going to go find that. I'm going to go retweet it right now because uh, good stuff by uh, by Devontae and good stuff by Tashawn. Love um, that. Okay. Love it. Yeah, let, that was a good summation. Um, so does that mean that we're moving Jacoby Myers? Is this the time now where it's like sell as soon as you can because it's about to be 600 targets for Devontae <laughs> Adams and Jacoby Myers is going to get left no, out? I think Myers will hold he's steady He's still a there. good wide receiver. Yeah, he's, he's a very capable player. We love him. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm glad we brought that up though. So uh, I, I do, I, I really do believe the Raiders will make a more concerted effort because there's a point there, mm-hmm. right? Like if they were scoring 35 fantasy points per game and they were and like, he was just not the guy getting the ball. It'd be a different conversation. Yeah, at that point you gotta you gotta realize right, winning right. is like more if important. If Kadarius Tony last year was like, "Yo, give me the ball more," <laughs> be like, "Dude, we're we're our, doing our okay with that too." For over five thousand yards. Like, yeah, just like play your role. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's different. It's different with Devontae Adams. He makes a very fair and logical point. 
All right, Field, final thoughts. 2% of all ESPN Fantasy teams are still searching for their first win at ESPN Fantasy. Wow, Mike plays in that many leagues? I did not realize that. Okay, that is I tough. I know he's a lot, but 2%? Yeah. He's what are the chance that Mike texts one of us right now saying, I heard that! It, Probably low. I don't think he's going to listen to the podcast back to back days. Uh, Not mm. when he's because he, he listened to it the other day on Tuesday when he wasn't here. Yeah. And then he was on yesterday. I don't uh, think he does the Thursday show. Yeah. I saw. Did you see his uh, Instagram story post this morning? I didn't. It was a selfie or <laughs> it was a picture of him. <laughs> of I should it say, was. Uh, studying up on his dad jokes. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, I did take a shot at his dad jokes the other day. In I'm text, already inspired so. <laughs> by his, uh, his upcoming dad. That was last night. That, that was, was last night. That was a lot of yeah. fun. All right, that's going to do it, Field. Yeah. This is it for Thursday. We're going to be back tomorrow. Stefania Bell going to join us. Mike Clay as well going to join us to do the rest of the Week 7 Preview Part 2. Have fun watching Thursday Night Football. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. Wear your seatbelt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. I like that. You know, it's important to wear your seatbelt. And to say peace. And to say peace. Yeah. You know, it's important. We need... Tide Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay, and you know that it's a fact. Every hater's gonna yate. Cause he's on TV every day. A spicy tomato who's got the stats and tweets that'll make. He's our favorite host and everybody knows his name He's Field Yates